1: bored
0: of the in-between podcast where you'll discover the tools to build a marriage and family that you love my name is daniel m
1: and i'm christina m how many of y'all have heard that line i'm bored over and over and over again this past summer mm-hmm, us too if you have kids teach kids or are surrounded by kids in one form or another you're no stranger to those two words I'm bored.
0: (laughs) Yes, Christina has this famous line that she says to the kids. They're even starting to quote you too uh, (laughs) when they're bored. And yes, they do roll their eyes at us, but it's a beautiful quote. It's this, boredom is one step away from creativity.
1: (laughs) Exactly. I've learned that my role as a parent isn't to entertain my kids or ensure that they are busy for every second of their lives. No, instead, they need to have opportunities for downtime to be able to be bored and then find creative ways to fill that boredom. And while sometimes that involves screens, many times it doesn't.
0: And while this podcast isn't about our kids being bored... The one thing I appreciate about kids is their honesty.
1: Yeah, too honest sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Many times as adults, the uh, fact of the matter is that we don't actually know when we're bored, if we're bored, and we don't really even sit in boredom long enough to admit that, yeah, you know what, I am bored, or you know what, I'm irritated, or, or, or maybe I'm just frustrated. Instead of admitting those emotions and recognizing that this is how we feel, We often just fill our time with things like scrolling through social media, mindlessly eating, overworking, or you can fill in the blank, Uh, all those ways that we often push those feelings aside. And sometimes, uh, because we're unaware of how we're feeling, unfortunately, we can often project it onto our loved ones, especially our spouse.
1: That's why in today's episode, we want to give you four ways to stick together when you feel bored, irritated, or frustrated with your spouse. Not maybe if, when you feel bored, irritated, or frustrated with your spouse, because y'all, it's going to happen. If you haven't felt like that toward your spouse at one point or another, a day may come where you feel this way.
0: All right. So point number one is start with yourself.
1: Some of us may be tempted to start with our spouse and point out all the ways he or she is coming up short. Oh, if only she were more adventurous, or if only he were to talk more, or if only he would talk less, if only they would pay attention to me more. Instead of doing those what-ifs, take the time and energy to acknowledge the feelings within yourself and, and stay curious. Ask yourself these questions, perhaps journal the answers, or even record yourself talking through these answers so you can go back and process.
0: What am I feeling? Why am I feeling this way? And has anything happened in the last few days, weeks, or months that have led me to feel like this? Naming it to tame it is a saying that we found really helpful to remind us that it's important to name our feelings instead of letting them just fester and then bubble over when we just can't take it any longer. Yeah,
1: exactly. In fact, a study conducted by a UCLA professor of psychology found that putting feelings into words makes sadness, anger, and pain less intense. When we feel angry, we have increased activity in the part of the brain called the amygdala, The amygdala is responsible for detecting fear and setting off a series of biological alarms and responses to protect the body from danger, like fight or flight or freeze. When the angry feeling is labeled, the researchers noted a decreased response in the amygdala and an increased activity in the prefrontal cortex. Now, the prefrontal cortex is the part of the brain that's involved with inhibiting behavior and processing emotions.
0: As we learn to identify, label, and express our emotions— What's neat is that this area, the prefrontal cortex of the brain, actually gets strengthened. We are then better able to respond to our feelings less reactively and more responsively. So when you take time for your feelings, you become less stressed and you can think more clearly and creatively, making it easier to find constructive solutions.
1: Mm -hmm. I've talked to a number of counselors and psychologists about the effects and aftermath of the last two years on their clients. All of them, y'all, have said that it will probably take years for people to heal from the small T and big T traumas that have happened to every one of us.
0: So if you're having a difficult time processing everything that's happened in the last couple of years, that's okay. You're not alone. Reach out to a counselor, a spiritual director, even your family doctor, and just let them know how you're feeling. Share with your spouse how you're feeling and ask for grace. You know, as we learn to pay greater attention to our feelings by identifying and sharing them with others, our stress will decrease and our emotional intimacy and support will increase. Mm -hmm.
1: Isn't that interesting? Hey, when we share with others, especially our spouse, our stress will decrease and our emotional intimacy and support for one another Mm -hmm. will continue to grow. In some of our really hard seasons, I have often thought about just dropping it all and running away. I feel overwhelmed, stressed, and like the world around me is caving in in those really tough times. I'm actually not sure where I would have run to or how I would do it, but I just felt like I needed to escape. I just needed to get out of the situation, out of the room, out of the house. You know, through counseling, I've learned more about myself and also how my childhood has shaped this feeling of needing to just pick up and go. Now that I'm more aware of why I feel like this, I can share with Daniel about some of my thoughts and feelings. In fact, a few months ago, I felt that exact way. And instead of just fight or flight, (laughs) we talked about it.
0: Mm.
1: One place that is really filling for me and where I feel God's presence deeply is by water. So we together planned a beach day where Daniel took a day off and we drove to the beach with our kids. We took our paddle boards out, we brought our cornhole game, fun snacks, and I brought a book to read too. I spent some quiet time myself just taking it all in and being grateful for a time where I can reconnect with myself, with God, and my family. By sharing what I was feeling with Daniel, we were able to build emotional intimacy and I was inviting him into my deeper life where he could support me.
0: Perhaps you have a similar story. You know, while naming emotions and how you're feeling is healthy and needed, one important point that we need to all remember is that emotions are not fact.
1: Ooh, say that again, Daniel.
0: Emotions are not fact. Mm -hmm. So just because you feel bored with your spouse does not mean they are boring. And
1: does not mean you need to move on to somebody else who may seem more interesting.
0: Yes, and just because you feel frustrated with your spouse doesn't make them frustrating. Instead, think of emotions as, let's call them roadmaps. They're pointing out to us what's going on within us and around us. They're important points that we need to pay attention to. We need to be aware of them. We can't throw them away but their roadmaps. So take the time to be able to read and to, to read your own emotional roadmap and learn how to read your spouse's emotional roadmap. What's happening in you and around you.
1: So the second point is to turn toward each other instead of away. This is a phrase coined by Dr. John Gottman, who has spent the last 40 years researching what makes or breaks a marriage. As a part of his research, Dr. Gottman conducted a study with newlyweds, then followed up with them six years later. As to be expected, many of the couples remained together and and many didn't. They divorced. The interesting thing Dr. Gottman found was that the couples that stayed married were much better at one thing. And that one thing is turning toward instead of away. At the six-year follow-up, couples that stayed married turned towards one another 86% of the time. Wow. And that couples that divorced averaged only about 33% of the time.
0: You know, Christina, that's pretty incredible. Um, and I know that's come from decades of research because it suggests that there's something that you can do today that will dramatically and that can dramatically change the course of your relationship, Mm -hmm. right? Just listen to that again, right? At the six-year follow-up, couples that stayed married turned towards one another 86% of the time. They weren't 100%, right? right? It wasn't perfect, uh, but couples that divorced averaged only 33% of the time.
1: So that's a lot less than half of the time.
0: Yeah, exactly. So what can you do today to grow your relationship to strengthen your relationship with your spouse. Well, it's turning toward, not away.
1: And how do you turn towards instead of away? Well, in order to understand turning, we need we need to actually back up a bit. Mm. You have to first understand bids. A bid is any gesture, verbal or nonverbal, for some sort of positive connection with your partner. Bids can be simple or complex and can represent a request for conversation, humor, affection, support, or simply for attention. Most are actually pretty easy to spot and respond to, like, how do I look? Hmm. No, this is not a quick, (laughs) (laughs) it's not a trick question, right? Does it look like it's going to rain? Will you help me put the laundry in or will you help me bring the groceries in?
0: And other bids are a little bit more complicated and require, uh, more work like do you want to go on a walk with me or let's drop everything and go grab coffee
1: (laughs) oh i like that (laughs) bid. no matter the nature of the bid it is critical to learn to recognize and turn toward your spouse Dr. Gottman's research revealed that marriage masters turn toward their spouses approximately 20 times more than couples that are in trouble or what he calls marriage disasters.
0: So what does turning toward look like? Let's talk about it practically, Christina.
1: Well, practically, it looks like being aware of your spouse's bid and responding with awareness. That could be verbal or nonverbal. For example, um... There was this time where it was actually the kids were at camp, and so we had a whole week to ourselves at home, kind of like our second honeymoon. (laughs) And we were both working still. It wasn't Mm -hmm. like we took a whole vacation, but I remember... It was in the afternoon, and I thought about, wouldn't it be so cool to take our dog to walk to Tim Hortons? It's like a 10-minute walk away from us. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, I don't know. We already took a long lunch. Like, is this something that we should be doing? And so I went, never mind. And then you went.
0: And I was like, uh, are you trying to say something? Like, what are you trying to say? Never mind. Yeah, what do you mean?
1: Never mind, <laughs> right? yeah, do you you mean? didn't even say anything. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's why you were responding to my bid, even though it yeah. was kind of a weird bid, right? Mm. Instead of just ignoring me, you asked, what are you going to say? What were you going to say? And so then I responded, well, actually, I was thinking of, wouldn't it be cool to go to Tim Hortons and just grab a coffee or whatnot and walk back? And you're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's go. And I'm like, (laughs) what, really? Cool, okay. (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, exactly. So you know what? Turning towards helps build trust, right? It strengthens your relationship and attunement with one another, On the other hand, though, turning away or against your spouse is what damages the relationship. Now, it's not this massive tear, uh, but it's a lot of these small paper cuts, Mm -hmm. right? Death by a thousand paper Mm -hmm. cuts sort of thing. Turning away generally ignores the bid, whether it was verbal or nonverbal. And you know what? It can... Literally be turning away by rolling over in the bed, staying silent, not looking up from your phone screen as you continuously, mindlessly scroll.
1: Yeah, I can imagine like one time, yeah, you maybe wouldn't think that a lot. But over and over again, if you're trying to connect with your spouse and trying to talk to your spouse and you're met with silence or mm-hmm. you're met with nothing, yeah, that would really hurt. Yeah, yeah. Now, turning against is much more violent. We can turn against by mocking the bid or punishing the bidder. Like, what do you want? Can't you see I'm just trying to watch the game? Stop bothering me. Whew. Both are equally damaging. Yeah. The difference is that turning against leads into conflict. Mm-hmm. Turning away just leads to a lot of space between y'all. Disengagement. This is your classic somehow we've become more like roommates than lovers, if you've heard that before.
0: So friends, let's get good at turning towards. (laughs) It takes practice uh, to turn toward rather than turn away or turn against. But the good news is that research shows that turning towards actually leads to more turning towards. It is a positive feedback cycle.
1: Yeah, I can see how that would happen because if you feel good when your spouse responds to you, then you're more likely to respond to them and continue back and forth versus if you're always met with silence, Mm -hmm. then sometimes you just want to hurt your spouse or you just have no energy to continue trying.
0: Yeah, exactly. Well, the third way to stick together when you feel bored, irritated, or frustrated with your spouse is to remember the acronym HALT. You know, it's interesting how experts have found that when we are hungry, angry, lonely, and tired, we end up making regrettable decisions and actions, right? Actions that we immediately afterwards or maybe a day later or a week later because of the consequences or because of how your spouse or someone else reacted or maybe it was a financial decision, right? That you're dealing with the consequences of it. It's often because you were hungry, angry, lonely, and tired. Hmm. So what would it look like for you to regularly do this sort of assessment? To ask yourself, okay, uh, there's a conflict brewing or i kind of see a little bit of 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 discord in our relationship Mm -hmm. or and and i don't really know why or maybe you're trying to think back to okay what did i do like you're in the heat of the conflict and you're like what did i do to lead to this or maybe you're even on the receiving end of some sort of turning against behavior of your spouse or turning away and you've reacted uh Young readers will love the nutty misadventures of 10-year-old Michael and his friends, and will learn all about biblical life lessons, such as forgiveness and friendship. Read all 12 Dead Sea Squirrels books, available wherever books are sold. More violently or, or more severely yeah, than- Yeah, aggressively. Yeah, more aggressively mm-hmm. than, than, you know, you're surprising yourself because like, why am I acting this way? Mm-hmm. Well, stop and ask yourself, okay, am I hungry? Am I angry? Am I lonely? And or am I tired? Right. So think about it, you know, quick example. Let's say you're going shopping, right? Because this relates to that as well. (laughs) Right. Never go shopping when you're hungry (laughs) because you end up buying a lot more things. Right. Right. A regrettable decision because you're that. Or let's say you are Uh, There's something that you wanted to bring up to your spouse, something that you wanted to talk about, something that maybe annoyed you or something that they said before that you didn't really have a chance to talk about or ask about. You know, ask yourself, okay, am I tired?
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Are they tired? Well, if the answer is yes, then maybe get some sleep first. Yeah. Or wait until you're not before bringing up something that may be contentious
1: hmm. Yeah. One thing Daniel and I have started doing probably for the last six or seven months is because our schedules uh, don't always coordinate, but there are things that we want to talk about. We actually make a note of it. We shared a note together yeah. where uh, we'll put in and it could be something about scheduling play dates or uh, who's going to pick up who or whatnot. Or there's other things like, hey, we need to talk about this situation. When can we find a time together to do that? Whereas beforehand, I'm kind of a person who likes to get things done right away. And if there's discord or I feel like there's tension, I want to jump on it right away. So I would text Daniel. (laughs) When I'm when a thought came to my head, I would just text him and be like, we need to talk. And then whatever he's doing, I never even considered thinking, oh, how would he respond to that? Or how would he react to that oh, if he's like in a really phrase. big meeting? Yeah, we
0: need to talk. What did I do wrong? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what happened? <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> so instead, putting it in the note, obviously doing it with kindness and grace not be like we need to talk about how you're such a jerk no that's not what we're saying to do but just making a note where we can find time together to discuss it when we are not halt when we're not hangry that's true (laughs) hungry angry lonely or tired
0: yeah and in fact, if you're driving or you're working out or you're on the move in some way, all you have to do is go to inbetween.org slash episode 158. And there you'll see the framework, right? Just really easy. You can jot it down, put it on a sticky note, put it against your computer or on your desk or, or on your nightstand, right? And just remind yourself, okay, am I hungry right now? Am I angry? Mm. Am I lonely and tired? Well, I shouldn't make a permanent decision or I shouldn't perhaps bring something up at that moment until I take care of those things. Right, (laughs) until I eat a snack. Yes, exactly.
1: (laughs) And on... And on a side note, this is something that we've shared with our kids to this framework that's really helped them be able to take a breath. And as maybe things are ramping up for them in their own relationships or even toward each other as siblings of, hey, thinking, taking a breath, taking three seconds, am I hungry, angry, lonely, tired? Yeah, I am. If I continue on this path, mm-hmm. on this contentious issue, Are things going to get better or things going to get worse? If things are going to get worse, maybe it's time just to take a break, ask for some space and come back to it another time.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, the fourth way to stick together when you feel bored, irritated or frustrated with your spouse is to learn to ask, what is my part in this?
1: Ooh. that's a tough question isn't it I mean we would hope that it wouldn't be but I know for myself it's so much easier to point out what I think is wrong with you versus like what part did I play in this issue
0: you know anytime I find that we're not on the same page whether it's a minor conflict or a major one and we're kind of trying to wrestle it out and trying to go. And, and you know, I'm advocating for my point of view and you're advocating for your point of view. Mm-hmm. I often find that the longer we're in a stalemate or the longer we're into the conflict, that's when it triggers for me. Where it's like, okay, right now I'm seeing this as a majority your fault, but what part did I play in this? Mm-hmm. Or I'm praying God, change their heart, change their mind. (laughs) Right. And I'm like, open their eyes. Yeah, 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 exactly. And it's not working. (laughs) And I'm like, wait, okay, what part did I play in this? Because even if something might feel like 100% their fault or 99% their fault, there's always that's that's never true. In any conflict, it's always shared. Now, the percentage might not be 50-50, mm-hmm. but there's always a part to play that both individuals have in it all. So, it, it, when you're in the middle of it all, learn to ask yourself, "What was my part in this?"
1: Right? Now, the only caveat we would say to that is if there's abuse, mm-hmm. physical, emotional, sexual, financial abuse, then then your part to play may be to find help and yeah. it may be to find a safe place from your partner.
0: Yeah, that's a good caveat.
1: So one of the verses that really helps, I wouldn't say necessarily ground me, but maybe humble me, <laughs> is from Psalm 139, 23 to 24. And it says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my concerns. See if there's any offensive way in me. Lead me in the everlasting way.
0: Yeah, it's really holding the mirror up to yourself, mm-hmm. and even in a conflict, when that's the last thing that you want to do, um, last thing that you want to do is ask God to know your heart and, and show what's going on inside of you, rather than revealing it into your spouse. <laughs> uh, it can it can seem like a scary thing to pray, but you know what? In the grand scheme of things, isn't it worth it? Mm-hmm. Right? Isn't it worth it to work on your marriage? to strengthen your marriage, and to come to your marriage in humility rather than in a place of pride or in a place of being against or away, but toward.
1: Mm-hmm. And we want to remind you that God is gracious. He is yeah. full of mercy. And yes, the Holy Spirit will convict you if you're uh quiet enough, I would Mm -hmm. say, if you're listening, he will, but he'll never do it in a malicious way. He'll never do it in a condemning way. If you feel condemned, that's not from Jesus Mm because he convicts, he doesn't condemn. So know that even if you're asking this scary question of search me, God, he will, but he is abounding in grace.
0: Yes, that's right. You know what? Podcast family we're in the same journey with you guys. I wish that I could say that we do all these four things perfectly and immediately. <laughs>
1: but we would be uh, liars. <laughs> yes, we would be.
0: And even as a pastor, right, that last prayer, it is one of my favorite couple verses in the scriptures and I wish I would pray that earlier on <laughs> in our in my frustration right. or earlier on in my boredom or in my irritation but I'm learning to do it more and more, right? I'm learning to come before Jesus daily. And not only in my relationship with him, but in my relationship with you and Mm -hmm. with our kids. Yeah, Jesus, what does it look like for you to search my heart, to know me, to to grow us and to strengthen our stickiness with one another, no matter how much boredom, irritation or frustration might come our way.
1: That's beautiful. Thanks, baby. (laughs) You know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you again for listening into the Between podcast. We want to encourage you to go to inbetween.org slash episode 158 to grab the show notes for this. And also, if you haven't been on the website, you can go there and learn about all the different episodes that we've had in the past. I mean, 100. Okay, it is this is episode 158. But we have a lot more episodes than that because we did a bunch of mini ones. That's
1: right. Yeah. Yeah, and we have, was <laughs> yeah.
0: And we have lots of printables and different pieces that might be encouraging and helpful to you and to your family. And if it is, We would love to hear about that. You can leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. We'd be honored if you would do that. And if you'd share this episode with your spouse and also with some friends too. All right. Thanks again for listening in and we'll catch you next time.